What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all doing well. Still crazy times with the coronavirus and all the economic and financial turmoil that's uh, and volatility that's coming along with it. Um, I'm speaking today, I just got off the call actually, with Elizabeth Prefontaine and uh, really enjoyed the discussion. Elizabeth came on my radar a few months ago. Um, I actually just saw or listened to the episode with Marty Bent on the Tales from the Crypt podcast. If you haven't heard that yet, check it out. Also a great episode. And uh, just really wanted to speak with her. She's based in Montreal, another fellow Canadian, coming from the legacy financial system and had been uh, had visited her, her site, Octonomics, where she um, has put a lot of her writing and just found that uh, her writing was very clear, concise, uh, and, and very digestible from you know a hardened Bitcoiner to someone who's just entering the space. So I really wanted to speak with her and uh, we put it together today, did not disappoint. And I'm just gonna read uh, about Octonomics so that I give it you know it, its full due. And so uh, on her website, she describes Octonomics as an independent research and consulting firm dedicated to financial technologies, more specifically interested in the fast and evolving world of Bitcoin, its ecosystem and applications. Established as an independent, Octonomics is free from any legacy business models and offers an unencumbered perspective on the current and emerging trends. The solid financial services background and strong academic profile of its founder, combined with a passion for the Bitcoin ecosystem, allows Octonomics to offer its clients unique insights, which in turn allows them to trailblaze confidently in this new era. Love that description. Uh, love the service that Elizabeth is providing. Um, and just uh, really appreciate having her in the space. So uh, that's it. I hope you enjoy. Let's do it. So Elizabeth, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, there's so much going on in the world and we're going to get into a bunch of it. But um, I know you've uh, recently been on a couple other podcasts. And of course, you've been, um, you know, you have, you've been a public figure in certain capacities for a while and you've been doing a lot of writing that's been very well received but for the people that aren't at all familiar with you maybe you could just introduce yourself a little bit a little bit of your background and then we'll we'll take it up to speed today hi well my, my background I'll, I'll, i started in the 1994 where i uh, started in banking before there was even the internet so i was a uh, I've seen I've seen 25 years of financial service industry. So the, the background contains um, a bank teller, but also online banking, uh, capital markets, derivatives and bonds on the sell side, as well as uh, investments uh, on uh, portfolio management uh, for um, the edge fund distribution, exchange traded funds. I used to work for for BlackRock. So that's uh, 23 years in a, in a nutshell um, of uh, banking, capital markets, and investments, securities, essentially. Uh, and then tried to launch a fintech. Could not launch the fintech uh, in my local local market. So I got to figure out pretty quickly that uh, this whole industry was profoundly corrupt, and uh, there was nothing nothing to do about it. And uh, even at the regulators, the project was received with nonchalance, where it was really transparency for the for the end customer. And my over, overarching, agree, uh, overarching um, argument was that no one is looking at the risk level. And I've been clamoring that for, for years, no one is looking at the risk levels. Like they timestamp a product and they self-rate the products. Uh, compliance department to protect the bankers, but nobody looks at what is delivered to the end customers. So to me, it was just 
profoundly corrupt, unacceptable, didn't want anything to do to do with it anymore, and stumbled upon Bitcoin. That was uh, that was three years ago, and from what I had seen in the 1990s, uh, it made so much sense. Even though I did not understand it at, at all at the beginning, but intuitively it made sense. And then I got to de learn and relearn a whole lot of concepts and um, been uh, advocating and learning and networking and talking about it and testing since since then so that's in a nutshell the background right quick concise you know a lot of a lot of time uh, condensed into a short description there and i just want to say you know I've, I've read your work and like i said heard you on other podcasts and um it's just you know i really appreciate your perspective i think you articulate your understanding you we all have to concede that our understanding is incomplete this is a never-ending rabbit hole and there's so many different uh, elements and angles from which to understand Bitcoin and so many things that it ha it has it places a gravity on. But I, I do appreciate how well you've articulated um, your understanding uh, thus far. And I'm I'm curious, you know, you must still have colleagues or, or friends from the legacy system that you you know used to operate in BlackRock, of course. I think the largest asset manager in the world. Is that correct? Yes. Right. So I'm just curious. Now that you've gone down the rabbit hole and you're very public about your interest and support uh, in Bitcoin, what, if any, sort of comments or conversations do you have with colleagues or friends that you still have from those old, you know, the, the good old days or the bad old days? <laughs> well, this feel like I'm, I'm, I'll be revealing myself a lot, but I will admit that I'm, I don't feel physically well when I'm surrounded by these people. Wow. So I don't. I I I attended a a, a launch uh, lunch event where they, because uh, that's how it works. Like if you want to have investment advisors' attention, you need to pay them food. You need to you need get to get drunk. To, yeah, to, to cater to them. So I was invited at lunch because it was a Bitcoin fund and it was a Canadian. It was trying to launch a Bitcoin fund, and so I got myself surrounded by by people I used to cover, and I just cannot interact with them anymore. I, I, it's very, it's very difficult for me because they, they it's, it, there's been, it's, it's so apart. Uh, and many of them are, are used to just making money on money and there's no accountability. There's no metrics. There's no quantitative methods. Like, so I, if I, I cannot have a, uh, an intellectual conversation with them mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of pointless there are however a few ones that of course i'm still in contact with and they are uh, those that are curious and inclined to know more and know more about bitcoin uh so there's some there's some that are local there's some uh, elsewhere in canada and there's uh, for example a family office who was very early at the spotting and said okay you you come and explain your perspective on things and he uh, uh, uh um Re retain my services to uh, uh, tell me, help me understand what what you know, and many of the other investment advisors who came and say, well, "What, Elizabeth? What the fuck? <laughs> what's, what's, what's your Bitcoin thing?" Like, is and and most of them don't want to pay. Right. So I tell them just just have fun. Go go Google it. Like go go figure it out. If you want my time, I will I will take the time for you to to have access to the, the, my perspective. But if you don't value my time, I don't value yours. And that's yeah. that's where like it gets. And and then the 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 compliance department uh, will not allow distribution anyway. So all all the tradition legacy people for the past several years. All they wanted to hear about was blockchain, the blockchain, the blockchain. Like I, 
I was getting to the point where I was becoming uh, aggressive. So I withdrew myself. Like yeah. I've heard so many flake and, and uh, even my local chapter of uh, CFA, CFA Montreal, like when I discovered that, I ran back to my association. I said, guys, you have to see this. It's phenomenal. And then I, I re we really need to look to pay attention to this. And I, they uh, shut me down. I could, I could not even express myself. So I said, okay, you know what? whatever you guys like you don't even deserve you don't even deserve it and I, I read for free I said no you guys have got to see this like and I felt like in um, Game of Thrones you know in Game of Thrones when he literally had to bring the zombie and see see what's it <laughs> I said, okay, whatever so I, I tried to play nice and I've, I've, I've tried to convey the information they didn't want to hear it and it was so funny because it was at the era of diversity and the women are important and we, we want women. We look good when we have women. But then if you say different from what they are, the conventional wisdom, then you are an outcast and they, they don't want to hear about it. So, right. We so want I'm, women, but Bitcoin and women, that's just too much. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> so, so that's. So I, uh, I, I spend time, I spend my time with the people that are worthy and uh, who uh, are interested in, in learning and, uh, and, uh, and the others, well, tough luck. I yeah. Mean. It's such a common um, experience, the one that you just articulated, because, you know, multifaceted, of course, but, you know, Bitcoin in many ways is a paradigm shift or a dramatic shift in one's perspective and you know if it happens to you then it kind of forever changes a, a lot of the ways that you see so many different things particularly in the financial realm and if you go back to the very herd like mentality of the existing legacy system and you try to you know convince them over a dinner to to fundamentally shift their paradigm i mean that's a very tall order and like you said then you just get caught in a loop of one either being subject to these types of conversations that you have almost no interest in at this point because there's this thing over here of bitcoin that is so intellectually stimulating that that's what you know and want to be talking about mm -hmm. um, and then or the flip side of that is you get these just horrendously formulated arguments against that are emotionally driven and that are not based on any knowledge whatsoever of, of, of Bitcoin, that it just becomes, you know, it devolves into an emotional argument. And like you said, that's not, it's not worth your time or your emotional investment to get involved in those things. But I, I can't remember who. Hey, emotion is for, emotion is for empathy. Like emotion is for empathy when, when people, but, but emotion in maths, that's just not, it's. It's antithetical. You, you may you may have emotions about math from morning to night, but it's not going to change. Doesn't change math. it. It's not going to change math. It's not going to change the, the, how it is. So the emotional reaction, uh, I think, is 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 normal and uh, may must have been seen with uh, many other technological uh, technological innovation. Yeah. But uh, the, the sooner people get their head around what's what's going on, what's happening, and it's not going to happen by osmosis. Like there's a, there's, there's a learning curve. There's, there's not going to happen by uh, just the passage of time. And each individual is um, responsible of choosing their own source of validation. So what I'm seeing in some uh, very public, uh, local, very public uh, figures that are repeating over and over, Bitcoin is for criminal, Bitcoin is for criminal. Yeah, well, whatever, whatever. Like come, come, come into this. Maybe, maybe your perspective is just, just a tiny narrow. Like, right. Uh, 
and it's such a it's such a contrast between the level of public discourse on Bitcoin and then the level of discourse that happens, for lack of a better term, Bitcoin Twitter or people that are you know interested in this uh, domain, because in in the quote unquote community, the level of intellectual rigor and you know rational and logical thinking and, in, and intelligence just to put a general you know framework on it is staggering and you know people challenge each other all the time in order to try to find a greater understanding or a truth around this thing whereas then you go out into the public and you as you just said you hear some of these things and they're they're there's such weak arguments well, uh, a, I don't think there's a community per se. I think there's. I, uh, I know it's in, a sensitive word. Yeah. In the, in the individuals, uh, but I, I do think that it's very important and uh, healthy to have those those debates, uh, as long as they are backed by uh, rash, by arguments, right. a, a thought process. If it's emotions, uh, then uh, it's. Uh, it's 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 it becomes personal and it doesn't uh, those rants are not interesting uh when it's factual there's a demonstration there's an argument then maybe the the, the other person can help identify a blind spot because mm -hmm. there's no one that knows it all and then there's there's black and 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 bitcoin is multi multi-dimension multi multi-skills uh, multi mm -hmm. put uh put into one like it's really Satoshi was a polymath genius. Absolutely. So thinking to know it all, like I think it, it humble, but Bitcoin humbles you a lot. Uh, they, there's a lot of things I don't know. And uh, uh, I think uh, the, the debate and the various perspective helps certain, uh, certain blacks, um, certain uh, um, blind spot where I am. Uh, if I leave a crypto Twitter uh, aside and I go into the legacy system, what, what bothers me is the double standard. Uh, for, for example, uh, here, here in Canada, the securities regulators, um, uh, there's uh, the, each individual province as the equivalent of the SEC. Mm -hmm. okay? And in each individual, there's, there's, more, there's more regulatory body than there are financial institutions to, to choose from in Canada. That's crazy. To say, like. And, and where, where I'm profoundly bothered, and the other one is a self-regulatory organization. So essentially the banks have organized and they self-proclaim themselves as regulators of their, their own thing. Okay. But the regulators have been paying publicity on Twitter against the volatility in Bitcoin and other so-called digital assets. So, okay, that's interesting. And on their website uh, for AMF, it's written that if you, um, if you engage in Bitcoin, you may be engaging in illegal activity. Oh, really, really, that's, a, that, that, that's interesting. And then they do all these warnings, but they don't do for their own, for their own thing. They, who has who has warned about that volatility in bonds and stocks and REITs and uh, the the whole thing? Like, was there was there any warning? Did they pay any publicity anywhere uh, to to advertise for that? So it's the intellectual rigor. So crypto Twitter will will fight over arguments and will will debate. They they don't even debate. There's no there is no intellectual rigor whatsoever in the in the legacy system. So one hundred percent. 100% and the hypocrisy is just astounding. You know, when we look, when, when they, when those sorts of people that you were just referring to talk about money laundering, terrorist funding, you know, drug trade, all of this kind of stuff, 
the the legacy system, you know, the big cases where HSBC was laundering the Mexican drug cartels money. And there's there's literally so many cases that I bet the 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 fines and fees that they had to pay in order to settle those lawsuits were probably bigger than Bitcoin's market cap itself over the course of the last decade or so. Oh yeah, that that site is a, there's a violation tracker. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a, I have, um, <clears throat> if, it, if this is of interest, you have been collecting data on that, on all the, the scandals. Oh, so I have totally. A, I'd love to I see I have that. a folder called the Big Bad Banks, and I just, <laughs> each time I say, <laughs> no, but you, you have fun the way you can. Like I, I keep my days, I keep my days busy, but yeah, I do have a folder called the Big Bad Banks, and I just drop it there, and those, those fines, and those scandals, and the, the price fixing, and the, all, all they do, like it's, Nothing to be proud of. Nothing to nothing no. to be proud of. And so, they just uh, conveniently forget to mention it when they're putting all this FUD out there about Bitcoin. And as a side personal note, I'm so grateful to be in this this uh, space with weirdos like you that have folders <laughs> on their computer say, labeled "big bad banks" and all the different examples of uh, <laughs> of poor behavior by them. That's uh, I know I'm in the right place when somebody tells me something like that. Um. So when you're when you're uh, working with you know in with clients, you mentioned that you know a family office might approach you, you know probably a forward-thinking family office, and say, hey, you know we want to know more about this. We're interested. Uh, what kind of what's the nature of the service you provide, and how do you go about bringing them into the fold? You know, not doing too much too quickly. How do you explain all of this to the the clients that you're working with? Well, it depends on their, their understandings. It, it, it will vary from person to person. I'd say that that particular family, uh, family office was already very uh, independent, uh, independent in thinking and already advanced in the, in the knowledge. So it's a matter of helping uh, choosing providers uh, or uh, explaining the rudimentary about mining, hash rate, uh, to, uh, how, it all, how it all works together. And then uh, helping uh, helping avoid uh, certain pitfalls. So at the beginning, they want to know, okay, why not blockchain? Why is it not like about the salad tracking and the, the, <laughs> the everything? I said, well, because it's a purpose. To the, the the database is purposely the, the new data set is purpose built for Bitcoin. It's can, cannot strip it out, and it's I think spending time uh, to give them um, uh, readings. To su to su suggested reading, answer question, bring perspective, and just be there to okay. Here's here's what's happening. What's your take on that? So with the unfolding unfolding events, uh, where I've seen a, a lot that was maybe uh, 18 months ago. There was a lot of people reaching out to me for these ICOs, and they um, it it must have been a feast for lawyers because uh, there was uh, lots of lots of people and and. I remember having several conversations saying, I'm going to charge you X, which was a, X was a small amount. I'm going to charge you X to explain to you why you're going to lose your money or why it's not a good idea or why, uh, why don't, don't, don't do that. And people would not pay. They want to pay for uh, buying a dream. They want to invest in something. They, they, there's very few attribute value and someone say, who will say, no, this is not going to work. And I, I found that fascinating. So I said, okay, like you have to have really ethics. because if people want to buy anything, I I don't want to do that. Like it's it's I, I I've left the legacy finance system because I was not okay with the values, not to join some some other to, to 
perpetrates scamming. So I've stayed uh, very, very, very focused and uh, networked uh, um, uh, in Bitcoin uh, specifically. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to one of the original things you said about when I asked what it's like interacting with, with former colleagues and you were kind of saying, I feel, I don't feel well when I'm in those environments anymore. And, you know, a lot of people will report, you know, big, people see a lot of the problems either in the legacy system or in other domains, you know, in, in, in other industries, let's say, and they'll cite Bitcoin as giving them a certain degree of hope in their perspective on the world, because let's say they saw a lot of fundamental issues that were seemingly impossible to overcome. And then a tool emerged in the, in the form of Bitcoin, and they saw how that might be a tool with which to fight back or, or reverse some of the negative trends that are ongoing. That happens on a personal level, of course. And you were saying, you know, you, you, you don't like interacting with former colleagues on that basis anymore. And you were just, you know, your work now is all about engaging people to help explain this thing, help them, uh, help them use it to their advantage. How much has your, you know, just outlook on life and your general sense of energy and happiness and, and passion changed as a result of shifting your career and pivoting into Bitcoin as you have? Oh, com completely. I've never made so little money. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made so, so little money, but it, it, it is, um, it is two feelings. It is the profound, uh, profoundly grateful that Bitcoin exists. I'm profoundly grateful. Like it, me too. It, it gives me hope. It, it say at least there's there's something that could work. Like to say, short of that, I don't know what I would do with my time. I'd be say, my 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 entire career. Like it's 25 years that I that I put away. Like I need needed to reinvent myself with this with the skill set that that I have, and that's quite frankly. They, it'll be tough for finance people because they will realize that they are quite useless. And when you, when you, when you think about it, they're quite, they're quite useless. So yeah, there's the realization that, okay, I'm, I'm a highly trained, useless person. So you need to accept, accept that. Right. Swallow and, that and, pill first. Yeah. You need to swallow, swallow that pill. And then, uh, okay, what, and, and, and then it's the, the two feelings are profound gratefulness and profound uselessness. And I will, I did, and I, and I said, no, there, I, I have a role, I have a role to play. I will figure it out. But, um, and I, and I do interact with the, the with the former colleagues, clients, um, uh, if they, if they value my time, I, I don't, uh, they, if they, unless, unless they can appreciate the, the knowledge I have, uh, and, and what I've developed the network and the, the expertise and I've stood unless they can appreciate that then I'm, I'm still useless to them I my bet is that with the long-term time preference I will eventually they, they may have they may have questions at some point so from a personal level it changed the time preference let's say uh, time, time preference uh, change uh, consumption it changed the way the way of living what's what's important and I work way more I work way more, so that's probably if I put all the hours, I'm probably with the money I've made, and uh, say I'm probably at a penny an hour, like <laughs> <laughs> probably at a penny an hour, yeah. and that's still that's still a penny, you know. But it it is. Um, I, I wish as I've studied a lot, like mm. I've I've worked a lot and I studied a lot. I have like twenty. I did a collection of certificates and diplomas, and I have twenty eight letters after my name. Wow. And, and yeah, twenty eight letters, but. Why is it that during those 28 
letters, uh, which is eight, eight titles, I think. Never heard of uh, Mises, never heard of Rothbard, never heard of um, uh, Austrian economics. Why, why, why was that? Why never was I question the nature of money, probably. Right? Yeah. So, so I was uh, the, the, the past three years, I call them my years of unconstrained, uh, unconstrained research. I uh, allowed myself in school for special kids where I get to wake up in the morning and just do whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever I want and study, study what needs to be studied according to what I think is needed to be studied. Right. And, um, that's, that's one of the amazing things about the design of this system. And you quoted actually Ralph Merkel in, in one of your art, your pieces. And, you know, one of the things he said was that it incentivizes people, you know, people are incentivized to keep this organism alive. Right. And so your experience that you, you just articulated is so common, both from the, the time preference perspective and the people who have, you know, quit other jobs in different industries or in tangential industries and are now contributing to open, open source projects or who are doing educational resources, writing books, podcasts, whatever, who, if they're paying, being paid anything at all, it's far less than they were making before, but they are incentivized both from a hopefulness about what this system could uh the role it could play in, in human civilization and they're incentivized by what it could the value what the value of their holdings in this system could be if it continues to grow and proliferate and that's another one of the aspects of the genius of this design i i think um bitcoin is um precious and that's why people who understand the right. unique uniqueness that the phenomenon cannot be replicated, how, how profoundly precious it is. And, and if people, if the, the other people were paying less attention to price swings and more attention to what it does, how it does it, why it does, what it allows to do, what it changes, more of the fundamental uh, components of, of this, this beautiful thing then the price becomes yes important for the incentivization game theory the mining and stuff but it it is a um, a byproduct or a consequence it's not it's not the objective and that's why i think many people don't understand that the the, the price appreciation is is not an objective because um the value of one bitcoin will always be one bitcoin mm -hmm. and th th if if it is to fast forward long time, I don't know how much, but hyper-Bitcoinization where it swoops out, like completely replaces all the fiat currency. There won't be this price notion versus CAD versus pound versus Euro like this, this, there will be a point where there's a disconnect because the, 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 the price will be Bitcoin versus the service or, or the goods. So there will be in, in the future, I think uh, this mental roadblock, uh, push through. Yeah. Now in the context of some of the services you provide in an advisory role, how do you frame that when you're speaking to people? Because as you just said, you know, I agree with that perspective, but in a wealth management advisory role, I mean, people are looking for investments that are going to increase in value over time. And so how, you know, if you just tell them, well, one bit Bitcoin will always be worth one Bitcoin and they may not, uh, appreciate that initially. So, how do you how do you structure those conversations uh, in that capacity? I will I will try to frame it this way. 
Um, traditional markets are entirely manipulated. The Fed now essentially says that they're going to buy any type of assets and the Bank of Canada and all that. They're, they're printing money. They can buy assets. So we've completely lost the price signal in the, 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 the traditional the tra traditional system. So if you, if you look at... Um, uh, the exuberance of, of credit excesses and the capital market excesses and, and the zombie companies that, that we had and, and so on and so forth with just leads, it's not, uh, it's not rosy. So if you want something that is um, a, a free market, purely driven by offer, offer and demand, it will be into the rare commodities, it'll be in uh, art uh, and, uh, and Bitcoin which no one, no one can control. So I do think that we, uh, I rarely talk about price because I don't want to create expectation and the, my timeline can be uh, completely, completely off. Mm -hmm. And we'll see how the, having, uh, how the having goes. But if there's a limited supply of Bitcoin and there's more, a growing number of people who understand what it does at, at the fundamental level, then there's greater adoption therefore the price the price will 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 go up mm -hmm. right so it's a matter it's a matter of of utilization and adoption and to be able to own part of a unique network is uh, i think underappreciated so for traditional traditional folks i initially presented it as um, the lowly correlated asset because from a portfolio management construction point of view if you have a a different source of alpha, something that's lowly correlated, that 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 has its own dra drama or its own ways of operating. That's a completely decoupled, decoupled market. Purely from portfolio construction, it helps. Um, but since nobody looks at risks and correlation in the retail advisory anyway, so I think that the message was way 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 above but those who those who do manage portfolios seriously and who took the time to um, develop an, an understanding then can have can, can construct more robust portfolio where it's difficult for uh, traditional finance people is Bitcoin doesn't pay a trailer it doesn't pay a commission it doesn't uh, bring them to fancy restaurants it doesn't pay them it doesn't pay them drinks and if a client wants to buy Bitcoin generally speaking you will have to withdraw out of the money these investment advisors manage to start um, uh, becoming his home bank and start managing the private keys and that investment advisors are not incentivized uh, they're not incentivized to do that they need to fund the structures and that's why there were many trying to trying to go for the ETF and that's why we ended up with say GBTC type of product but uh, I think it's a it's, it's it's a solution for the investment advisors not for the end customer 100% agree with you and this is kind of again speaking to that paradigm shift where you know, what you're selling now is, you know, the time and intellectual capacity that you've devoted to this thing. And, you know, basically you're an educator. Yeah, you know, maybe you do some, some other things, but whereas previously, as you said, you sell products that have certain commissions and trails, and this is how you make your money off your clients. Now, I, I presume, correct me if I'm wrong, your capacity is mostly as an educator. And I'd be curious to know if there are any uh, regulatory bodies that govern any of the work that you're doing in Bitcoin now, or are you just structured as kind of a sole proprietor where you're an educator and that you, you advise people in that capacity, and, but you don't touch funds or anything like that? 
I don't. I, I will help uh, give my opinion. If I if I can look at a phone, I'll, I'll give my opinion uh, on uh, the the structure and uh, how the, the traditional prospectus uh, prospectus is built. But I but uh, I prefer the much rest of my work where is on uh, the looking at the, the the hardware and the nodes and the wallet and the the the, the, the custody and the very the, the, these these various aspects. And there's also an, another project that uh, links to Bitcoin. Uh, that I do not want to dis disclose right now, but I'm I'm, I'm working uh, onto uh, onto another project where I was be a, a strategic advisory, or I, I I don't know yet, but there's something something I'm uh, I'm, I'm studying, but to and and that would be a, a company, right? It would be it would be a company in a traditional traditional sense with the financial statements and uh, taxes taxes paid, and then so an equity equity ownership that. Um, uh, so, in terms of regulatory body overseeing uh, my work, it would be consumer consumer protection, right? right. It would right. be code of law. I'm there to disclose, and and I have a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. I'm a CFA. I'm a CFA charter holder. I have a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. I'm there to present when it's an opinion, where where the research come from, to give to give the footnotes, statements. Here, here's my here's my analysis of the situation, and it's backed by ABC. So that's, that's the, these are the points I connect. But as far as uh, securities, uh, securities regulator, Bitcoin is not a security. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's not a security. It's, it's, all the other cryptocurrencies, so-called digital assets, YCOs, whatever, they are securities. Like they are global crowdfunding mechanism that try to incentivize. With it's, I, uh, but if we look at, if we look at. At Bitcoin, it's just not a it's not a security. So my my role is to um, uh, like I had a, a a client recently who wanted to buy Bitcoin, just needed some hand holding because it's mm -hmm. not obvious for everyone. Says, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. So uh, where do I go? I go to the bank. Uh, <laughs> well, that's it. And, and and then I it's, it's I do uh, I do end holding. Uh, not that I want to. I don't do mass because I cannot do mass. Yeah. But certain uh, iNet worth individuals uh, who have the, the time and the, the desire, the desire to know more. That, that's what I do. I uh, right. help them. They understand where to go, what to do, to, to, to best practice, uh, make them think, make them uh, uh, do some homework. Right. And so, yeah, and that, that was basically my question. In those sorts of examples where you take an individual and basically handhold, because you don't touch the funds, you don't buy them on their behalf, you don't do anything, then as far as, you know, regulations are concerned, you're just a consultant, basically, and you don't need any sort of financial regulatory certification or body, anything like that. I don't touch the money. I'm not a, <clears throat> I am not a money service business. Right, right. So, uh, which, now, which, which shouldn't even be, shouldn't even, you shouldn't even require a money service business in Bitcoin anyway. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't even be KYC'd. I, I like agree. It's, 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 it's off. It shouldn't be. It's a, mm -hmm. uh, it's a software. Like it's just the same thing. Like someone helping, um, um, the, the analogy is not good, but if, if there was like a, do, do you need to be KYC to use Facebook or Twitter? No, like you, you don't. So why would you need to be KYC to use, to use Bitcoin? Well, that may be an indication that something is there, right? Right, right. Uh, maybe, uh, say, wow, is, is it unconsequential, these two? What about, what about this one? Why is yeah. it different for this one? Maybe there's, there's something there. Yeah, maybe so. it's a desperate attempt to maintain control of some kind. 
It definitely is. Yeah. Definitely is. And I and I'm and I am also upset that regulators for for KYC because KYC, if I if I remember correctly, I think it was an emotional reaction post 9/11, where everybody who's just normal normal people needed to uh, identify themselves to make sure that they were not uh, involved in, into uh, any illicit activities. But that means that they. From my point of view, I'm not involved in illicit activity. You're not. He's not. So why do? Why did we lose so much personal freedom and privacy for for an emotional an emotional reaction? Mm-hmm. So and and I fear that the current Corona crisis may lead to another emotional crisis of the same of the same magnitude. And when I confronted the regulators uh, about that, I said, "You are creating a honeypot." with the data that you have collected, my, my piece of ID, like I have all the negative consequences are all on me. If whoever you force to identify myself is breached for, for whatever reason, I, I bear the full consequences just so that you can check a box that you've done your job. And, there's, there's a, and they said that there was not part of their preoccupation. Right. And we've got several examples over the last couple of years of these massive centralized honeypots of information being hacked and all of that information being stolen and putting each of us at greater risk for identity theft or theft of various kinds. And as you said, all in the name of control. And it does make you wonder uh, what level of freedom does, does truly exist today in any market, but let's just say for the sake of our argument, developed markets. And, you know, that is, again, why I suspect many of us are interested in Bitcoin, because it uh, is a powerful tool at disintermediating these organizations. And, you know, they will do what they can to stop it, contain it, slow it down. But the beautiful thing about Bitcoin, and I don't want to be too overly hubristic here, but it's a, it seems like it's a train that's going to keep trucking no matter what you throw at it. And, that you know, I think that's why so many people are drawn to it, not just from a orange coin good number go up perspective, but from a freedom perspective. That's what this is about. Absolutely. And also when you, when you go back uh, and read the, the Bitcoin white paper, he also, uh, she was also addressing the, the chargebacks. It was on the first page, it talks about the chargebacks on the, on credit card. Okay. And so if we just focus on, focus on that and, and the, the KYC component and the identification and the centralized database, uh, it, we've all seen worldwide all the the central uh, all the breaches. There was one in Quebec where uh, not the not the biggest uh, financial institution in Canada, but a very major one in Quebec, as uh, seen as an entire database. I mean, one hundred percent of the client identity, date of birth, where they live, telephone number, email, everything leaked for five hundred dollars of chicken delivery gift cards. I heard you say that on some other podcast and I just, I wanted to say like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What, like, can I get a little bit more context here? How did, who, like, why, why $500 a chicken delivery? And and the grocery, but it was like a small amount and gift cards. I don't think the person who was working internally really knew what he was, what he was extracting and what, what it was from, um, investigative journalism that I've, that I've seen, that I've put on a show, it was, initially it was just supposed to extract, because it was an internal act. It was just supposed to extract renewal date of mortgage and renewal date of guaranteed investment certificates to give to competitors so they can solicit the client, okay? 
it's already bad enough at that level. But he didn't stop at that. He just withdrew the whole thing. And then, and then the second guy who saw who, who stumbled on the database, then that guy probably sold it on the on on the dark web. And it's, he says, "Well, there was a gold bar. There were, I found a gold bar on the sidewalk. I didn't steal it. It yeah. was there. It had already been leaked." And then you go, "Okay, like." And 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 so what from the number point of view, numbers point of view, this uh, institution is large in Quebec. That means that about a, a, one out of two person, fifty percent of the Quebec population have seen their identity breach, which is about fifteen percent of the Canadian population. So you have these credential floating around. People who are impacted are the end customer because they uh, there's identity theft fake profiles a credit uh, and and so on and so forth so these the, the people who will be affected for how many years for mm. life mm. like you don't change your social insurance number or unless there's there's a new form of identification so the massive waste of time of the individuals impacted but also the 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 collective impact because if there's a fraud there's a charge back to the merchant and that's where it links to bitcoin there's a charge back to merchant and 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 the, um, because the banks won't be losing money they will increase the merchant cost who will increase the price of goods or service who will in the end pass it up to you when you go to consume anything it'll be it'll be built in so we all we all pay these uh, these frauds People feel that it's free because they get reimbursed, but it's just not free. Like mm -hmm. you need to understand the macro and, and, and Bitcoin being one way forward that operates like a clock, like the clock doesn't go backward. The clock just goes, it, it goes forward. And to accomplish that in the digital realm uh, without a third party is extremely important. At, at the core and then you had um, the uh, non-censorable and the individual liberties and 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 all the values that that attached to that but i think that that breakthrough is is absolutely phenomenal i i couldn't agree with you more and and i totally agree with the you know centralization will always create honeypots and the greater the honeypot the greater the incentive to steal it or or whatever and so this is a, again an, another reason why I think Bitcoin's architecture is so important and why it continues to persist and resist uh, attacks and shutdown. But one of the things you mentioned was, uh, you know, what's going on today? You said it, it's not free. People just perceive it as free. We're in a context today where the helicopter money that we've been talking about for the last 10 years since, you know, Bernanke first started talking about it is actually real. You know, it seems, I think it came out yesterday that in Canada, uh, if you've been working, if in the past 12 months you've earned $5,000 or more, then you will receive $2,000 for the next four months. Now, I, I'm not sure if that's taxable or not. Who cares? Either way, it's it seems like free money, right? And I think most people don't have a sophisticated enough macro view to understand the true costs that are inherent in that. And so, you know, let's bring it up to today because we're in, you know, extremely wild times. Uh, what is your what is your view of what's happening the response to the coronavirus particularly over the last two weeks what are you seeing what is concerning you what are the things that are standing out in your mind well what what is uh, concerning me is i think there's a lot of uh, emotional emotional reaction 
And I think the people want to do want to do the right thing. They want to protect uh, protect lives, and they want to protect protect the people. But I think we're seeing two big things: one, the, the pandemic, uh, but also the monetary response. Like the valves are just open, and with the Cantillon effect, Cantillon effect essentially means that the closer you are to the money printing, the more rich you become. But that's not uh, that doesn't tr tr trickle through uh, Main Street. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, it will be uh, very difficult for. Um, so, so what concerns me versus other previous crises is that Main Street is impacted, the service sector is impacted, uh, the small shops are impacted. So, so that that is really uh, concerning to me because uh, that's all at once. We were in full employment before that, lo locally at the very least, or in fu full employment, and overnight on a dime, it flipped to record like off the chart unemployment. So it's both. Uh, what worries me is both the, um, the the demand and the supply shock. That will meet because is is those is offer offer and demand like is the the impact on both these legs uh, on on both curves that um, are uh, preoccupying preoccupying worrying worrying me, but also that people don't realize that it's digits in an account and the price distortion it creates like the the, the massive price distortion it it creates and we. Or we have added into a crisis with massive level of debt. We have a debt problem that's being solved with a debt solution from another debt problem, and it's debt, 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 debt. I think that that's that's one of the aspects that that I love about Bitcoin is it's not a debt based. It's not it's not ba it's not backed by debt. It's not an IOU. And when you continually do the same, the same remedy, the effectiveness um, becomes uh, part of the Ill part of the illness. So of course, people need money short term uh, to 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 pay grocery, to 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 live, to survive. It's survival. But I don't think they fully appreciate the enslavement that that comes with it. That's 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 what the, and I'm reading. Um, um, 80 pages into it or so of uh, the book, The Sovereign Individual, written in 1997. It is my first read. I, I had not, uh, and I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, the, 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 this, this, this book and the history, historical perspective of how people, uh, they, uh, the, the, the survival and the, the relationship. So bring it back to, to today. I think there will be, um, it will be difficult for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not a switch on. It's not a V shape. It's not a recession as a V shape. It's a fall. It's a fall flat. Uh, and yeah, one of one of my uh, concerns, something that I'm thinking a lot about. I mean, one, I think, unfortunately, because you know, people like yourself and people uh, in this space had been looking at a lot of very concerning metrics for the last well. You could say for the last 10 years, but at least since last fall, you know, just a lot of warning signals were coming out of many different uh, metrics that you can look at, whether they be in China or in the West or to do with debt or liquidity or whatever. And I think 
we know that the coronavirus was simply a catalyst that brought a lot of this forward and multiplied the intensity, but was not the root cause of, of what we're seeing right now. But I think a lot of people will not understand the macro view of this and will think that the coronavirus was the cause and all we need to do is ride it out and we can get back to normal. And I think it's going to be a rude awakening when people realize that that's not the case. And I'm concerned, as you were just mentioning about the price signals, that should they be distorted enough, you know, I don't think this is going to happen immediately, but a humanitarian crisis could easily develop whereby, you know, price signals become distorted enough. It creates uh, a lot of um, confusion and turmoil in supply chains and in trade, and that could affect our day-to-day -day life dramatically. And um, it's somewhat concerning. Well, I'm not a supply chain expert, okay? So I don't want to go too far out that, that thought process, but I think the manufacturing sector is, uh, is resilient in the sense that um, it, it, will depend, it will depend on the demand and it will depend on the shutdowns, and, but it's, uh, there's a lot of uh, the industrial revolution. Uh, there's lots of um, robots and, 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 and it's no longer human assembly. So you don't lay you don't lay off those people. So I think like this the switch off to the robot that produces ABC is is there's there's no there's no unemployment on the robots. Uh, so that there will be the supply shock and the demand shock. How those two curves uh, will imbalance, and that I cannot I cannot forecast that. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you are absolutely right in saying that. Uh, coronavirus may be used as the convenient culprit, uh, the convenient thing to blame, but it was not the thing that caused it. It was the pin. Mm -hmm. It was the pin. It was an exogenous, exogenous, sorry about the pronunciation, <laughs> an external shock, like a, a left field unexpected, exogenous, please say it, please. Exogenous, 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 exogenous shock. Um, but yes, if we if you look back, that's what I was talking about when I, I, I do some uh, family office uh, macro macroeconomy and geopolitical panel, and that's what I was telling them a year ago. They say that there's the curve the curve inversion bothered me. Uh, that that was flashing eighteen months and almost to a clock, right? So it's almost almost to a clock, and um, also the repo market. The repo market uh, since since last fall, like I think uh, end of August, started started doing uh, funky things, needed injection. Says, so "Ooh, the plumbing is uh, there's there's a leak. Uh, there's a leak in the system. There's there's a intervention uh, needed in the, the plumbing." So I think we already had like a level of uh, indication that things were shaky, weakened, and we've say the 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 the, the virus it when we were weak because we entered this crisis with astronomical level of debt. If you look at the, at the US, they, the, the one trillion uh, deficit, where there are people already, it is, it's already questioning the sustainability and because this, this could grow. Um, uh, and uh, now we're looking at the, what, five, six trillion? Like it's times, times five, times yeah. six. So that's, that's astronomical. And prior to Corona, central bank, uh, the, 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 the Federal Reserve had already said and the other central bank reserves that we're running out of ammunitions. That was before the Corona. So they're just yeah. at the end, of the, in a way they're at the end of the model. So that's why they're outright printing money and putting digits in, the, in, their, in, the, in their database. 
Well, I think it was only beginning of March where they announced 150 billion repo. And then I made a, I made a tweet halfways joking. And I said, when 1 trillion repo. And then I think two days later, they came out with the 1.5. I mean, it's, you know, and maybe a silver lining is that even the most uninterested observer may hear these numbers, this scale of, of number and hear 4 trillion and just kind of think like, hmm, we're like, how's that? How's that possible? How can they just conjure up $4 trillion to save things? I mean, I'm not a financial expert, but that's a, I'm just, I think for some combined with the extended amount of time at home with nothing to do, I think we'll mint a few more Bitcoiners out of this crisis. But uh, as we probably did, you know, at, in each successive crisis, but I, I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's utter madness. And to your point, I think the the Fed and, and the, the tools that are used to manage this stuff, I mean, it's going to get way past what we think is rational. So when we think, oh, interest rates are at zero, reserve requirements are at zero, you know, money printing is in the, is heading towards the tens of trillions. You're like, this has to be the end of it. Maybe not. You know, maybe, maybe. we go, maybe we go deep negative interest rates. Maybe we go, you know, tens, twenties, thirties of trillions this of dollars. Is to be, this is to be avoided at all costs. The negative interest rate is to be avoided uh, like the plague, not to play on, not to play on words. It's it, it, because you don't you don't come out of that. You don't come out of that. Like in, say, it, it, I know it's it's going to sound weird, but inflation would be a good news. The inflation would be a good news because you can fight inflation by raising rates in the traditional traditional sense of the, in, the, in the current monetary sure. the current monetary system but with but all that debt over, over the past but over the past 10 years uh th there's not one central bank that has achieved its uh, inflation target and there's deep um they, uh, there's um the technological development that upset to completely their their efforts so they have not rekindled growth they have not uh, rekindled, rekindled inflation, but they have created massive debt, massive asset bubble, and uh, forward-looking, it'll be very different. So for the regular person, of course, if they hear trillions and they, they're, they're probably not interested about money, monetary system, economic, it's probably perhaps very complex, what, what they, but what they will feel, what they will um, experience is not finding work. Mm -hmm. And not because people, even, even if they do a package, yes, it will help to pay the rent and help to pay the food. But you, do you, let's go restaurant and partying and uh, say it will, it will change. I think how people, uh, people consume and it's this, and our, our economy was very much uh, importing stuff and our economy is a, is a lot on the service sector, which has no, no inventory. So I, I, uh, I'm, I, I, it, it will be difficult for, for many. Uh, yeah, I think this kind of shock, this forced austerity will force a lot of people to reevaluate how they spend when they, when they start coming out of this. But I want to ask you, and I know this is an unanswerable question, but what's your sense in terms of, you know, I think at some point this system will, will suffer from a loss in confidence, whether, you know, in, in the currency or in some other component, and that will signal its more rapid decline. And that's when we really want to, why we're really grateful that Bitcoin exists. But do you get a sense, do you have any sense if how near 
we are to that, how close that loss of confidence might be? I have no clue. I have no idea. I have no clue. That means I would need to plug myself into the global emotional brain. I I know. That's why I said sense. I, I wonder if you have a sense. I'm not a sensor. Get out, get out of your mind uh, for yeah, a second. <laughs> no, I'm not, about to, not about to sense, but right now, what? Okay, it's a, it's a tough question. I'm not, a, I'm, and I'm not good to answer that. What I'd say that sure. I, I'll give a local, local perspective. I think I'm in Quebec. I think the perspective in the U.S. and various territory are, are different. Locally, I think people are very uh, happy with the way government is managing because there's the, the government uh, talks every day and he's endolding people and they, they look in command and they're seen, they're seen as superheroes. Okay, because they, they look in charge, like they're taking care of the people. There's, they, Justin Trudeau does not look well uh, at all, uh, but the, the local Prime Minister, Francois uh, Legault, he looks well. He looks like a leader, a chef d'etat. However, uh, that is, uh, it, it, it's good because people need to be, need to be reassured and say there's, there's, they need, they need, there's a level of direction like what, here's what needs to be done to contain this shitty virus and not to spread and here's what we're trying. So they over communicate and it's good during a period of crisis where, where, where I think the, the but there's, there's an aftermath and that's, that's going to last long. And if, if the banksters and the cronies and get up uh, enriching themselves and when people, the, the normal people get to understand the buybacks and how the zombie companies were using cheap credit and how they're, 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 they, and, uh, they, they get an air cut on their um, pension funds and retirement and it's when they feel the individual, the individual consequence of the aftermath um, and that the the the, the price the price distortion the e economic uh, maneuvering and certain why you versus not you uh, they, yellow vest movement that's pre coronavirus right. I do think that this will um, still continue to exist and expand not that I want that yeah of course uh, but is 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 it is it possible that there will be a growing number of very unhappy, unemployed people with too much time on their hand and they feel uh, um, powerless, useless? Yes. Yeah. But but there's always hope and new things will emerge and new services will be will be developed and there'll be a, a, a way to this could lead to a renaissance where the creativity and and people are no longer stuck in stupid boring job that makes no sense and hated their boss anyway so there's like in the the the, the morning it's like the, 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 right. the, the sad right. anger and then all, all those steps so i think there will be a tr transformational um uh, in the way and there will be opportunities but we cannot expect uh, crazy crazy returns as as in before the, to the, the world that the world has changed yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. This is why I'm in this space. I think there will be a beautiful dawn uh, facilitated by by Bitcoin as a, let's say, a global monetary standard. But the night will will be dark first. And, um, you know, if people were upset by the moral hazard that was obvious in 2008, I mean, they're about to get slapped in the face with it on, you know, such a larger scale now where, you know, it's quite possible, like qu quite likely seems to be the case 
that since 2008, a lot of these larger corporations, their, their uh, strategy was to borrow, to buy back, uh, because they knew that the losses would be socialized. So you privatize the gains, you socialize the losses. It's a great business plan if, if it works out. And if you're too big to fail, if you're, uh, if you're a big employer, then you're, you can make the probabilities that you'll get bailed out and your losses will be socialized. And happy days, the executive team gets paid off, rides off into the sunset, no penalties whatsoever. And what happens is this, the little guy, the small to medium-sized enterprises of the economy get hollowed out. They go out of business in, in times like this. They never come back. The economy is less diverse. And then you have, as you said, these larger people that were bailed out that just become zombie companies that are literally just financial arbitrage machines to enrich the people that are at the top of it. I mean... And then regulators are there to protect all that. Right. Don't create... What's, what kind of a system is that? It's, it's absurd. We're going to look back on this. You know, history will not be kind to, to our generation for uh, tolerating this type of system. Yeah. I mean, they'll be kind to you and me because we're hardcore Bitcoiners, but uh, they won't be kind to us en masse. Well, there's an, there's an opt-out. There's, yeah. there's an opt-out and that's, that's what Bitcoin is. And then maybe, maybe it's time if, if they're dissatisfied with the way things are operating and how it favors always the same, maybe there's... They, at, at least Bitcoin exists. Yeah, hundred percent. Bitcoin is, and that, and, and that's all that that's all that's needed. And and that is enough. Right. Yeah, that Elizabeth. Uh, last question for you before I break into the rapid fire. Are you still okay for on time? Yep. As you can see, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it must be nice to be self-employed like that. You can put on your sweatpants, kick your feet up. You don't read about Bitcoin all day long. Have a few phone calls. It sounds pretty good. I was not expecting this to be video, by the way. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the last question was, um, you know, I think, I guess it was two weeks ago now, we had the massive, you know, Bitcoin sell-off uh, that preceded the market sell-offs. And I found it interesting that in during that and subsequent to it, a lot of people that previously hadn't expressed much interest, you know, in, in my social life or whatever, actually were, were expressing interest. And typically, you know, the last time that would happen was in 2017, but we were on that massive wave up. And so that made sense. Yeah, people are FOMOing, they want to get in. This time it took just a, a, a horrendous dump and people were saying, hmm, Maybe I should look at this, which was counter, you know, seems somewhat counterintuitive to me, uh, which led me to think that maybe they are starting to see the picture a little bit more clearly. And they saw this as an opportunity rather than as an existential threat of some kind. And I'm wondering if that was your experience and also how your, the people that you've worked with, clients or former clients, um, reacted to what happened in Bitcoin when it had that massive sell off uh, and how you, you know, how you explained it to them or yeah, if, you, right. if you needed Bitcoin, to at all. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is on this. Well, those that, those that were already in, uh, woohoo, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is on discount. Okay? I think that the longer you are in Bitcoin, the, the longer you, the, the more, the lower time preference that, that you have, like you tape. So, so I think it's the, the, the combination of high time preference and low time preference, like the more you are longer in Bitcoin, low time, low time preference. So you see as an, as an, as an opportunity to, if you have additional fiat to, to deploy. 
um, uh, to deploy it in the system. And yes, I have also seen a pickup in the interest from people reaching out like, okay, well, how do I buy? Like it, it, it happened all the same time. Like people felt that maybe they were looking at it because they, they've been told that this thing was, uh, it's backed by nothing. This thing is going to zero. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's uh, money for criminal, like all the FUD, like the FUD dice of Nick Carter, like just, just pick <laughs> aside. But now that they're seeing that, no, no, this thing is, is still on. It's robust. There's a, uh, so people that are uh, relentlessly going at it and they, there's many of us who do uh, the content on social media, they, they get impacted by, uh, they, they, they see and they say, well, maybe I should pay attention. And so those that have started doing their homework uh, before, the, the new ones started doing their homework, they signed an opportunity to deploy uh, because at, at, a, at a more attractive, uh, attractive level. We'll see how the having goes. Um, it is my first having. I, I wish I had discovered Bitcoin much earlier. So it is, it, I'm going through this uh, first having. I'm looking at the ash rate. I'm looking at the price to price movement. I I uh, am very proud of what I'm seeing in Bitcoin, where there's no central bank intervention, no cut rates, no change of rules, no no nothing. Like it operates as it's supposed to be. It's beautiful. It's very elegant. It's very totally. elegant. And can you imagine if we, if post Corona, Bitcoin, well, not if, Bitcoin will be just as, yeah, um, it, it will have operated exactly, nothing will have changed how um, robust of a, a story this is. Like it's on top of that, like um, the resilience, not, not resilience, but I'd say, I think Nassim Taleb would say anti-fragile. Sure. Probably. Similar. I, I I get your point. I think. No, everyone... no, no. Resilience and anti-fragile not the same. No, no, no. It, no well, not the they're, they're not the same. But in practice, the effect can be similar in that they persist. That's what I mean. Is if you if something is yes, resilient it, it, or in the end, anti, they, it persists. In the end they persist. Yeah. So resilience is just you persist, but anti-fragile you, you, you get, get stronger. stronger. Yeah. But sure. yes, they in both cases they they persist. So I think that persistency is is it still working those things? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I I see more and more interest. On the flip side, I see also sad sad story where uh, I've had this week people like the the resurgence of uh, the ICO bubble and the chain and the blockchain thing. Like oh, really? people. Yes, I've seen a few anecdotal. Like one reached out. I'm a dad of three. I've got this. X, XYZ coin, uh, what do you think? And they, so I, 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 I give my time to uh, trying to protect a, people from going down the wrong road, going down the wrong, wrong, wrong road. Or there's another one who, who reached out. I uh, said, I remember we, we worked in the same building 20 years ago. Uh, I feel I'm going under uh, with my company. I'm old. I will not be able to recover from this. Can Bitcoin help me? I was like, oh. yeah, that's that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. So we'll see. Uh, so it's it's important, I think, to be uh, empathetic, uh, empathetic to people, and to, to at the same time say help, help on borrow, help protect, uh, be empathetic. And the only way to do that for me is to uh, sleep well, eat well, and exercise. Uh, that's how I keep uh, the mental. Uh, yeah, me, me too. Exactly the same. You know, you gotta you gotta keep the vessel pure if you're gonna be uh, as present and uh, capable as possible. But you know, I, Bitcoin to to the the question of of the 
colleague from 20 years ago, you know, my, my opinion is that Bitcoin is a life raft. You just don't know if it's going to uh, be able to save you in time. Nobody knows the timing of this thing. Of course, you know, I, I'm very confident that it, it does represent that life raft. But if you're that gentleman that you just referred to and you need to make things happen in the next three, six, 12 months, then, you know, that that's not something that can be determined. Well, it's it, it was looking really for VC financing. That's that's what it was. Oh. It's VC financing. So that's 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 my understanding of, of, of what it is. Like, and can can Bitcoin fund me? Right. And I, my answer was, well, you need to tell me more about your business because from a Bitcoiner perspective, we'll assess both, both um, the value of holding Bitcoin and the value of your company. So in, in terms of, in Bitcoin terms, yeah. right? So if I'm going to end up with less Bitcoin because I've invested, it's not good deal, good deal for me. Right. Uh, so, and that's would be the same discussion into any money in which leads me to believe that he probably went into the traditional VC ways and now things that the Bitcoin are, if, if the traditional means like Bitcoin is not going to help, but if you want to have like a life raft, I, I do view it uh, this way, uh, this, this way as well, but it, you have to do it when it's time to do it. Not, not after it's not a, it's not a quick fix. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I lied before. This is the last question, Elizabeth, but it may not be too long. Do you, is there anything, you know, on your mind these days uh, around Bitcoin? I know from having read your material that you, you know, you've looked into many different facets of it and, you know, many of them excite you and provide a lot of intellectual fodder for, you know, for you to chew on. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you're particularly interested in these days or excited about or, you know, a, a, a line of uh, thinking or inquiry that you've, you've been going down? I will, I, I will keep that for another, for another discussion. I want to further, I want to further out, but right now, the, the short term, I, I help people who want to be matched with service providers, with the money service business, sell and to, to, to understand um, how to, uh, invest custody what are the, the pitfalls so that uh, the rest of the project i will keep because i don't want to uh give you a, give you a scoop because it may not work sure. so i'm still not convinced uh, i need to convince myself uh to, I, need, I have more work to do but yes i do see uh something uh i do see an interesting angle but more later on that. all right well when it's public you come back on and we'll, we'll talk about it um the last part, I don't know. So this is a rapid fire portion. So the first uh, half of these are just questions. You can answer as short as long as you like. You can say pass if you don't want to answer them. And then this, the last part is just word associations. I say a word, you tell me the first thing that pops into your mind. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that already. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you would. <laughs> okay. Okay. First part. Uh, so this is just, you, you can use more than one word to answer these ones. Uh, what is money? A sip of scotch at the right time in the right context. Money is, money is what you can get in exchange of what you need. Damn. I like that answer. Uh, if you had to explain Bitcoin to a 10 year old, what would you say? Money over the internet. Um, Ah uh, no no no! I pass like I this this one no this one. I would prefer to explain it to a teenager. Okay, go for it. Most rebellious thing I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's true. That's a good one. That's uh, a good one. I don't interact with ten years old a lot, so I, I I don't I don't know. I would want to have like something that is meaningful to their world. Uh, um, but so so I I, I think I'd be more I'd speak better to. to I like to it. I like it. Um, how will you know if Bitcoin has failed? Well, if if Bitcoin loses its censorship resistant, neutral, uh, borderless, like if 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 that falls, the value proposition is gone. That's that's when it would have failed. Mm -hmm. I think. What does Bitcoin succeeding or success look like to you? It's already succeeding. What was the resource that you, uh, you, you know, the best resource you came across for enhancing your understanding of Bitcoin? Beauty on. Beauty on. Um, and Nick, and Nick Zabo and Adam Back and uh, there's um, um, and and going back to uh, there's a lot of great great content. But uh, the understanding uh, beauty on uh, was really important, um, is still very important. Uh, but uh, Nick Sabo and him back. Um, and and so, uh, Save Dean, Save Dean also with the, the, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin standard, um, and many other Bitcoiners. Uh, I'd say Jonathan Amel also from the Bitcoin Academy in Montreal. Yes, okay. Jonathan Amel. I should not forget him. I'm very grateful to him because he's a. Uh, the initial, uh, my initial uh, contaminated. <laughs> What's his, his Twitter handle? Do you know? JML. I think it's a J H A M E L. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with him. I'll look, look into uh, I, I, one moment. <clears throat> you look so serious. I am. <laughs> Well, yes, it's uh, at uh, JML, and JML. it goes by the name of um, JML Shadowband. Band. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. What other, if any, investments are you interested in at the moment? <clears throat> I uh, uh, agricultural. Let's say that is very, very, very short term. Um, art. Anything that's scarce. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at the, the art market. Um, um, but also, I I don't know where everything will land. So in terms of investment, I think we need to have like a good um, portion to offset ongoing expenses, rent, and to the, the living the living expenses. And I think it's just, there's just too much turmoil right now uh, to have a really a, a clear view of what is going on. I don't like, obviously don't like credit. Um, and uh, I uh, am less interested in the manipulated traditional markets. So, What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone just entering the space? And this is obviously part of what you do in your, uh, your career. So uh, what's, yeah, one piece of advice, they come to you, they say, I'm interested in Bitcoin. What's the first thing you tell them? Don't trust verify. Do your own, do your own research. Um, take a question and, and keep on, keep on learning, learning always. All right, that's a, 
What movie or song is most related to Bitcoin in your opinion? Pass. I will not be able to pass. Or sorry, like with, with time, I did, 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 a question like that would probably take me a week to. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um, can Bitcoin be stopped? If so, what is Bitcoin's biggest Charlie, vulnerability? Charlie and the chocolate I'd say. Charlie, Charlie and the chocolate factory. Why? <laughs> Fair enough. I won't press. I'm getting a. Uh, Move it along hand signal here for anyone who's, who's only listening. Um, can Bitcoin be stopped? If so, what is Bitcoin's biggest vulnerability? If not, why not? Well, I, I always expect the unexpected. But what I, I did, there's, there's always an angle, but I think I, I find it pretty rough. It's super robust. And, and it's constantly being stress test, mm -hmm. right? So if it could be stopped, um from what angle and why is it why has it not been stopped already i don't think it's i don't think it's stop, stoppable i think it's there's a good level of spread uh of, of of bitcoin and and it's ironic versus the previous financial system where the sorry for the longer answer but post great financial crisis there was dot frank regulation in 2010 that said that banks needed to do uh stress testing and, and now, Europe, last week, European banks, the, the stress test has been postponed now that we are in the midst of this the massive, massive crisis and potential the implosion of that, that system. And, and so, so the uh, annual ELF check mandated by regulators is now lifted. It doesn't hold anymore. Bitcoin is ongoingly being stress tested. It's ongoing. It's, it's 24-7, 365. There's no... Uh, fake exercise there's no fire drill it's constant and that's uh encouraging i like i like that i did it. i like that it makes it robust and so i don't think don't think it can be stopped and take good good luck there's a dirty go make it happen make it happen there's a how many billions worth of bounty if you succeed totally agree love that answer uh, what is something about Bitcoin that you don't understand or would like to understand more? I don't have the background in um, cryptography. I, I really am. Uh, I'm, that's just not my background. So I would like to would like to know more. Um, but I, I don't have it. I have a superficial understanding. Mm -hmm. We mentioned um, this a little bit earlier regarding time preference and just, you know, energy and passion and satisfaction. Uh, increased in in life, but are there any other ways uh, that you have changed, or that you've any things you've learned about yourself as a result of interacting with Bitcoin? I uh, discovered that there were lots of uh, unemployable, unemployable, talented people. That really is the is the my let's life discoveries the people I met, like talented, intelligent, passionate, the value of it was. It, it was as profound from, I'm a scuba diver, but I'm also a skydiver. Like I, I used to do these extreme sports. Now I don't anymore because I prefer to buy Bitcoin. Study Bitcoin. <laughs> Study Bitcoin and just say, I don't do those things anymore. But but the, the, the parallel is that if Bitcoin is as different than if you know how to scuba dive, you, are, you know which shark are dangerous. 
you know where it's shallow, you know how to manage your oxygen, you know how to rescue people, you know how to maneuver in the ocean. And then Bitcoin is your just, it's a jungle. It's a jungle. So you need to be very, very, well, I, I, I expanded, like initially it was the crypto and all the ICOs and all those things. And there was lots of uh, threats uh, to, to and, and if you are familiar with sharks, you're not necessarily familiar with snakes. So it's and so what's food? What's not food? What's what's dangerous? What's not dangerous? What's safe? And the the oxygen management. So that I'd say that it was a um, a, a, a profound shock, a paradigm paradigm shift. So uh, it is um, much more deliberate with my my time, and um, the, the, I'm 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 happy that the, of the people who digitally surround me now. Like even though we're all isolated, I have like a amazing connections throughout the world that there's that I would never have been able to develop in the corporate and sometimes I wonder I'm at home and my PJ and I said wow I just spoke with someone from LA from Texas from Boston from from uh, from northern 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 Ireland uh, from uh, the UK France um, and and name it so I find it's being connected globally in this common project where People voluntarily, spontaneously, they are all like-minded individual interested about the same, the same project. So that's what it was. Uh, find the find, find the tribe in the jungle, like. <laughs> right. So. Love it, love it, and agree again. Uh, do you have any controversial or contrarian opinions on Bitcoin that you you know that are counter to, you know, ones that you often hear? And if not on Bitcoin, any on any subject. What, can you refer the question is too broad. I don't understand it. Any contrarian or controversial uh, views or opinions on Bitcoin, and if not on Bitcoin, any subject? I didn't I say already that I was upset at banksters, at regulators, at government, at the money printing. It's becoming less contrarian, but I'll, I'll accept it as an answer. Um, is it, does it, so the, the question is, I feel like having heard your interview before, you probably won't answer it, but ballpark estimate of Bitcoin's price in five years. Head nodding. <laughs> uh, if, I, if, I, if one day I give an answer on that, it's because I will have taken the time to uh, study all the pricing model there is, make my, make, make my understanding about that. Right now, I, I in, intuitively take connected enough dots to know that the price, I, I'd say the price will be higher than today. Okay. That's, that. that's, I said the price will be higher, but, but to put a number would be... Uh, out of a hat and it would need uh, an explanation and it would probably be a thesis along uh, like that and would be multiple scenarios and like it's uh, no sorry fair this. enough fair enough higher than today yeah right we're at uh, 6600 that's great yeah. um okay last part word association i say the word you tell me the first thing that pops into your head so first one is democracy voluntary the Lightning Network. We'll see. Government. Useless. Human rights. To fight for. Violence. Uh, monopoly. Trump. President of the United States. Ego. Misplaced. FOMO. FUD. Wealth. Time. Health. Privacy. Underappreciated. Hate speech. To be protected. 
Gold. Disrupted. Go, uh, guns. Yeah, guns. Yeah. Revolution. Inevitable. Socialism. Could I use a stop? That's good. Yeah, yeah. Family. Important. Essential. Inequality. Will always exist. Hell. Hell, yeah. Liberty. To fight for. Energy. To replenish. Bitcoin. Love it. Elizabeth, this has been super fun. I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know we could talk for uh, a lot more, but we'll save it for that uh, when you've pursued your current project a little bit further and you can come back on and, and we can discuss it then. Um, is there anywhere you wanted to direct people to your website or to Twitter or anything like that? I write a weekly newsletter. It's available on, on octonomics.com. I curate content, do a little rant. I publish on the Saturday morning. Uh, so the on octonomics.com or my Twitter handle is at eprefon, E-P-R-E-F-O-N. Awesome. Well, look, again, I really appreciate it. This, you know, I knew this was going to be a fun conversation, but it exceeded my expectations. And uh, I just appreciate the work you're doing. I hope it continues to go well. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch base again in the near, near future. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya.